0: This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Good morning, everyone. Coach Chris Cotton from AutoFix Auto Shop Coaching here. I'm your auto repair shop coach, and my goal is to help you, the independent auto repair shop owner, make your dreams come true. We do that by opening your mind to things you didn't know you didn't know and by getting you out from under your business and putting you in charge of your future as well as your family's future. My goal is for you to stop having a hobby and start having a business you can be proud of and can take time away from. First and foremost, I want to thank AutoEat. Without their continued support, this podcast would not be available free to you. If you're in the market for a great shop management system, please see the show notes for a demo link. Get into today's episode. You may know someone in your network who could benefit from the topic. If so, please take time to share personally or through your social network. As always, if you have an idea for a show topic or want to talk, feel free to get with me, Chris at autofixsos.com. And also, I'm going to throw this out here. If you want to be a guest on the show and talk about a topic, I'm open to that as well. So you can email me or give me a call. So during today's episode, number 107, marijuana in your auto repair shop, I talk about what's the challenge? understanding legalization, what you can do as a shop owner, and developing effective systems. So first of all, let's give credit to Modern Tire Dealer and Sesco for putting a great article together. This has been a topic that's been in In many coaching calls of mine over the last few months as we try to figure this out or navigate it, I've personally reached out on different forums asking questions of other shop owners, employees, things like that, and have not really gotten anywhere with it. I ask one question and people answer a completely different question, such as social media, right? So hopefully this helps you navigate the situation. If you're in a state that hasn't approved medical or recreational marijuana, count yourself lucky but you might want to keep this in your mind in case it does happen in your state in the future. As always, I would look at any local and state regulations for it, but if you have a question about it, want to talk to the professional, contact SESCO, and that's S-E-S-C-O, okay? So first and foremost, what's the challenge? Auto repair shops and tire dealers are challenged with recruiting and retaining staff from, seems like an ever-shrinking pool of qualified candidates, right? So we're also challenged with ensuring a safe work environment which is heavily regulated by OSHA, federal and state regulations. Um, Employees expect to work in a safe environment. As an owner, I expect to provide that to my employees and my customers. Auto repair shop owners and tire dealers want to ensure that their employees provide the highest quality of service. They also want to ensure that their customers' vehicles are not damaged while being serviced and that the staff can test drive the customers' vehicles in a safe manner on roads and highways. So as if operating a profitable business isn't hard enough, Auto repair shop and tire dealers now have to manage the legalization of medical and recreational marijuana. At the time of recording this, 38 states and the District of Columbia have legalized the use of medical marijuana. Additionally, 22 states in the District of Columbia have legalized the use of recreational marijuana. Marijuana remains illegal under federal law, but it's apparent that Congress and the feds have no need or no want to weigh in on federal regulations regarding marijuana. They prefer that states regulate the use of it and and this continues to confuse employees employers consumers coaches, people in the industry. So I guess, however, there's light on the other side of the smoke, so to speak. With the right tools and policies, you can successfully navigate the challenges that the legalization of marijuana creates. Number one, understanding legalization. To help you understand your rights as an employer, as well as state regulations, here are the following definitions and a summary of regulations. Medical marijuana is available only by prescription from a licensed medical professional and is used to treat a variety of medical conditions such as pain, anxiety, and anxiety, nausea, glaucoma, etc. If you operate in a state where medical marijuana is legal, you're required to consider accommodation for registered marijuana users. Policy, however, should dictate the need of an employee to be fit for duty. And I think this is the missing piece that I never thought of. And then until I read this article, I never thought about. So I want you to pay attention to this. Policy should require that job applicants and employees communicate to you that they have any prescription, to include medical marijuana. That means if they have six different prescriptions, they should list those separately. That's part of it, and you can ask for that. It's also suggested that a fit-for-duty exam be performed by the employee's medical provider to determine employee can perform the essential functions of the job in a safe and productive manner. If accommodations are requested by the medical provider, then you must determine if you can reasonably accommodate those accommodations or not. No state law gives any employee the right to use, possess, or be impaired by marijuana on work premises or during work hours of employment. If there's reasonable suspicion to believe an employee is impaired and such individual tests positive for marijuana, adverse action may occur. In addition, a positive result for marijuana can result in adverse action if testing is required by federal or state law or if you receive federal funding or an employee works in a safety-sensitive position. In essence, you should treat medical marijuana as any other prescription medication. If a medical marijuana card is presented during the application phase or during employment, it is recommended that you ensure the employee is fit for duty by requesting the employee share with his or her medical provider the essential functions of the job. This is where you're going to have to have this job description written out and what needs to be be included in those essential functions of the job. This includes physical and mental requirements. Then the medical provider will let you know whether the employee can perform essential functions with or without accommodation. This is super important, guys. If you need to rewind and go back to that, then do that. This is no different than an employee having a prescription for traditional medication that would prevent that person from performing a job in a safe manner. Just because a job applicant or an employee has a medical marijuana prescription does not mean that they are fit for duty. It behooves you to ensure that employees are, in fact, fit for duty and capable of performing their jobs in a safe manner. Also, remember that you cannot summarily not hire or separate the employee simply for having a prescription for marijuana. Recreational marijuana simply means marijuana that is grown and sold for recreational purposes to adults over the age of 21 pursuant to applicable state laws. Recreational marijuana also means that any part of the cannabis plant, living or not, is used as an intoxicant for the reason of enjoyment or pleasure. If you operate in California, Connecticut, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, or Rhode Island, you must take care before taking adverse action against applicants or employees who are recreational marijuana users. These states prohibit discrimination in hiring, termination, and other employment decisions simply based on an employee's consumption of marijuana while off the job. Employers operating in any state where marijuana is legalized for recreational purposes are expected to simply treat marijuana the same as alcohol. Neither substance is legal to be possessed or consumed on the job or during work hours. Employees who are considered under the influence and intoxicated can be removed from any job up to and including termination. Remember that. You're free to test applicants and employees, and if they test positive for recreational marijuana, you are free not to hire them, and you are free to take disciplinary action up to and including termination. AutoLeap is a cloud-based all-in-one auto repair software that helps to keep complete track of your business from scheduling appointments to managing technicians, to generating invoices, supercharge your growth with AutoLeap customers that fully adopt AutoLeap see the following benefits in their first year, 30% revenue growth with top customers seeing over 100% growth, 75% decrease in no-shows allowing you to service more customers, three times increase in positive Google reviews leading to stronger online presence, 50% time saved on administrative tasks, driving increase in operational efficiency. Do it all with AutoLeap. Key features and functions include estimates, invoices, scheduling, Google reviews, inspections, communication, QuickBooks, reporting. Get in touch with AutoLeap to see how you can transform your auto repair shop. For a limited time, if you schedule a demo, sign up with AutoLeap and they will waive the $250 implementation fee. Majority of states have updated various regulations regarding substance abuse to include medical and recreational marijuana and what employers can and cannot do. For example, in the states of Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Minnesota, and Vermont, employees cannot be terminated simply because they tested positive for the first time. In these states, an employee must be provided the option of seeking treatment. If the employee then refuses or does not complete a designated treatment program or completes the treated program successfully and tests positive again, then the employee can be terminated. Most states are mixed states, which have legalized both medical and recreational marijuana. And as stated above, many states have even more complicated rules and regulations regarding testing and the use of drugs, including marijuana. So what can you do? At a minimum, one in eight workers actively uses recreational marijuana. Think about that for a minute. Two-thirds of Americans favor making marijuana usage legal. These two facts create a real challenge for your business. So what can and should you do to navigate this? First and foremost, there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution. Policies, procedures, and practices must be customized based on many factors to include state laws, your personal beliefs regarding marijuana use, safety, and then customer service standards and more. The following topics must be carefully considered when establishing policies and practices to not only comply with state marijuana regulations, but also in hiring and retaining a high-quality workforce. So the question is to test or not to test. Most employers have implemented some form of substance abuse testing policy. Sesco Management Consultants has been an advocate of substance abuse testing for as long as I can remember. Traditional drug testing policies happen at the pre-employment stage the post-accident stage, at random, and if there's a reasonable suspicion suspicion that justifies intervention. With the legalization of marijuana, SESCO has recommended clients challenge their random and pre-employment testing practices unless required by federal or state law or Department of Transportation regulations. Pre-employment testing... As a matter of background, there are various types or different panels of drug tests to choose. These range from a five-panel test up to a 14-panel drug test. Panel refers to either a drug or a family of drugs included in the test. As the panel levels increase, more types of drugs are typically screened. For example, a 13-panel drug test screens for 13 of the most frequently abused prescription drugs, Xanax, fentanyl, Ritalin, Valium, et cetera, and illicit drugs, cocaine, PCP, qualudes. The most common, least expensive test is a standard five-panel drug test with screens for five illicit drugs, including marijuana. Sometimes screening for alcohol is also requested. More and more employers are utilizing 10, 12, or even 13-panel tests. It's been found that employers in many industries are not conducting pre-employment drug testing or are conducting pre-employment drug testing but are having marijuana drop from the panel, or if the applicant tested positive for marijuana are not considering it as part of the hiring consideration. More and more employers appear to be treating marijuana use like alcohol and ignoring off-duty recreational use. These substance abuse testing policy changes are becoming more common because of the lack of reliable testing available to determine whether an applicant or employee is under the influence of marijuana. Unlike alcohol testing, which can clearly identify whether or not an applicant or employee is under the influence, marijuana testing provides for either a positive or negative result. There has been some advancement in this. Recently, I was teaching a class at Vision And I forgot what state it was, a lady spoke up and said that in her state, they're coming out with an under the tongue test that can tell you if that person is under the influence or marijuana, or maybe it's just a residue test, something like that to see when the last time they smoked was. Also, if you Google how to beat a marijuana drug panel, there's just as much information on there about that as there is how to get a medical marijuana license. Like basically, you can go on Zoom, get with the doctor. Tell them you have trouble sleeping and and bam, there you go. So this technology, this issue is rapidly advancing. Anyway, let's go back. So although research is conflicting, it's widely known that an applicant or an employee can test positive for using marijuana within the last 30 to 60 days. The challenge for employers is conducting pre-employment and random testing for marijuana use. You just don't know when the applicant or employee used the drug. And with it being legal in most states in one form or another, testing for marijuana creates a number of hoops and processes that an employer must consider to avoid breaking the law. Each employer must determine whether they wish to implement a substance abuse program to include pre-employment and random testing and or to include marijuana. We are not recommending either or, and certainly if you do elect to conduct pre-employment and a random testing to include marijuana, SESCO can assist you in establishing a compliant policy. Safety and workers' comp costs are still critical issues, and a comprehensive substance abuse program can go a long way in reducing those significant costs. Reasonable suspicion. Regardless of the legalization of medical and recreational marijuana, employers do not have to tolerate on-the-job use or intoxication. Reasonable suspicion testing is critical as employees can't come to work impaired. Additionally, you owe it to the rest of your employees who expect a safe place to work and your customers who expect to have their vehicles returned in proper order and not smelling marijuana, right? so. Most employers want to test based on reasonable suspicion and out of concern for the health and safety of their employees. It's ideal to train managers on ways to observe and determine whether someone might be under the influence. Please note the words might be, right? The employee does not have to be legally impaired to be tested. If you reasonably believe that someone may be a threat to themselves or others in the workplace and they're under the influence, it is always best and safest to conduct a substance abuse test. If they are not under the influence and know they will test negative, the employee will typically cooperate. If the employee refuses the test, your policy should state they are voluntary resigning, effective immediately. Of course, if they test positive, you have options which should be thoroughly discussed with your HR department or a third-party advisor. Testing based on reasonable suspicion could be prompted by the following. Suspicious odors, odd employee movements such as staggering or twitching, eyes that are dilated or watering, Unusual facial expressions and a flushed complexion, confusion and slurred speech, irritability and argumentativeness, drowsy, slow or unusual poor performance, abnormal behavior for that individual. Post accident is another test that's strongly recommended. Most workers' comp programs either recommend or require a workplace substance abuse program that includes a testing protocol. If an employee tests positive after an accident, this will go a long way in a complete denial of workers' comp and, as such, reducing significant employer liabilities and costs. Most employers will implement a basic threshold of when to test post accident. Basic paper cuts and the like typically are not sent for post accident testing. More serious accidents and or injuries are sent for tests. These can include back strains, cuts, dropping parts or tools on feet, back and body strains, slip and falls with subsequent pain, et cetera. You're better off taking an employee to be tested and taking them to the local emergency room or urgent care center than not. So now we have developing effective systems. In today's litigious environment, auto repair shops and tire dealers must have effective and compliant human resource management systems to include an employee handbook, which most, most importantly reflects state laws. Job descriptions that identify the essential functions of a position, plus its physical and mental requirements in order to determine reasonable accommodations. A basic hiring system that includes three to five behavioral open-ended interviewing questions, in addition to a background and reference check process. Side note on that, I just taught a behavioral-based interview class at Vision that I think went really, really well. We're making some changes to that as that's the first time that I taught it, and that will be available out there, I guess I should do a podcast on that. I need to write that down. Safety and health policies, open communications, auto repair and tire shops are very familiar with these basic tools and systems, but many times ignore or delay their development and implementation or allow systems to go stale and out of date. You cannot be re- reactive. You have to be proactive in developing and maintaining these systems. Wrongful termination lawsuits and legal intimidation are on the rise, especially among younger generations. Many believe they quote unquote know their rights and are not afraid to contact a federal or state agency or a lawyer to defend themselves if need be. However, as stated above, compliance is attainable and affordable, and an organization can attract and retain excellent employees, which frankly, removes a lot of these employment liability issues, but this has to be a priority. The employer-employee relationship is ever-changing. To navigate those challenges, Cisco recommends the first step you should take is to have a competent employment and HR specialist conduct a review of at least your employee handbook, your policies and procedures. You will then have the peace of mind to at least understand where you are in terms of compliance, as well as effective policies and procedures in place. Then you can establish a roadmap to address identified needs. Again, I want to thank Modern Tire Dealer and Sesco for putting this together. I think this solves some questions that have been recurring and at least get you on a path to where you need to be. This has been Coach Chris Cotton from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching reminding you it never always gets worse, but sometimes it has to get worse to get better. Remember, don't stop working today because tomorrow needs each and every one of you. Please feel free to reach out to me, Chris at autofixsos.com or give me a call 940-400-1008. Have a great day, everybody, and remember to rise and grind. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the aftermarketradionetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for Advancing the Aftermarket.